0: Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm health Co I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. Hello, welcome to the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Tess Mauricio about skin whitening. And skin bleaching. Dr. Tess is a board certified dermatologist, fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology, founder of M Beauty by Tess, and the youngest woman to hold the position of president of the San Diego Society of Dermatologic Surgery. She is internationally recognized as an author, renowned speaker, teacher, and a sought-after media personality. She's a favorite medical expert on TV with regular network appearances in the US on CBS, The Doctors, The Talk, The Real, The Dr. Phil, The Rachel Ray Show, Fox News, and The Dr. Oz Show, and the list goes on. Today, we are speaking about skin whitening and skin bleaching because the idea of altering skin tone has been around since ancient times and arguably it was during the height of colonization and the rise of scientific racism in the 18th to 19th century that white skin became even more desired and today over a century after the zenith of scientific racism the aesthetic standard of lighter is better has persisted particularly in the global south and in some ways challenging the practice of skin lightening on the basis of skin damage because yes it does cause a lot of skin damage which we will cover today but it is a lost cause as some users will so often believe that the aimed for benefits will outweigh the dangers also skin whitening has been marketed as part of a fight against aging so, it has really become a way and seen as a legitimate method to take care of one's skin because women and men are told over and over that getting and keeping glowing skin, haven't we all heard that term before, at all ages is a standard requirement for beauty. So we are going to debunk these, all of these uh, ideas. We're also going to talk about why skin bleaching is sometimes used for certain types of skin conditions. And I started by asking Dr. Tess what she thought was the biggest misconception about skin bleaching.
1: I believe skin whitening is a pretty important topic to cover, you know, in where I practice in Southern California, we have a big population of patients with skin of color and being from the Philippines originally, I definitely have some people who are recent migrants or immigrants who care about this topic and I think the biggest misconception is that you know that this is completely safe and something that you can just do on your own without you know having a doctor help you with it and guide you through it safely. Really
0: interesting and we are going to dive deeper into that a little later in the episode but I'd really like to hear about your career and how you got to be doing the work that you're doing today.
1: Yes. So, you know, I got into dermatology through psychiatry, actually, when I was a medical student at Stanford, I wanted to find ways to improve my patient's uh, psychological well-being. And I thought, you know, if you're a psychiatrist, you can do that. You can help people that way. But when I did my rotation in dermatology, I found that when, you know, you help people with their skin conditions, Uh, whether that is, you know, improving a teenager who's very shy, not talking to you, you know, not going to dances because of their severe acne to someone who's covered with psoriasis and hiding and um, not dating. And then when you turn their skin around and you improve their skin, you really do improve their self-esteem and quality of life and happiness. And so I realized that, you know, as a dermatologist, I would have this opportunity to impact my patients' um, quality of life, psychological well-being, because we do have many tools as dermatologists to do that.
0: What an incredible career to be able to have that psychology and then also the dermatology because we know, as you mentioned, they go so hand in hand. But even for this topic of skin whitening, it has such a deep psychological ingrained area for some individuals and also that whole idea of being able to recognize if someone has some kind of dysmorphia and things like that and being able to work that through so really fascinating and the perfect perfect guest to be speaking about this exact topic skin bleaching or lightening is fraught with risk why do you think it is still thriving in the market
1: well like you mentioned there is a deep psychological, cultural ingrained preference for whiter skin in certain cultures and in certain regions of the world. Basically, you know, if you have intrinsic pigment and you grew up in in parts of the world, like, you know, in Asia, for example, it really is kind of, you're really treated almost based on your skin coloration. And so, you know, and they equate beauty and social status with lighter skin. And so, you know, from a very, very young age, I still remember, uh, I have more of like olive skin tone. And I, my brother had a lot, you know, more fair skin than me. And everybody just thought that he was more attractive and cuter (laughs) than me. And I wasn't allowed to go out in the sun to play. I was had to cover up when I'm going to go to the beach, just because you couldn't really tan because you'd look, you know, unattractive. And so this is something that everyone around you, even as a child, kind of imprints, and you don't even realize it. And after a while, you buy into that notion that your olive skin tone, you know, your darker skin tone is inferior, and that you want that lighter skin. And and in other countries, I mean, I, I live in the United States, it's a lot easier here. I'm actually glad that I'm a dermatologist in the United States because I think if I was a dermatologist in the Philippines, having my skin tone, I may not be as successful.
0: Mm, that's really interesting. Did you find that that changed when your family moved over to the US?
1: I don't think it, it really changed. But, you know, here it's, it's interesting because I used to be surprised when I would get compliments for my olive skin tone you know as i began my practice my patients will tell me wow you have the most beautiful skin you know you're you have natural tan you don't have to work on getting a tan and then i think that kind of you know make you rethink what you know your entire as you were growing up what you were told and so so i think it's definitely a lot easier here in the united states but i know that Whenever I travel to the Philippines, of course, as a dermatologist, I look at aisles, the beauty aisles and every single, you know, most of the skincare products have to have the word whitening in it. Otherwise they won't be bought.
0: Mm, Big marketing things. And it's interesting because we might see some of these ingredients used in like Western areas but it might not necessarily be used like whitening the term. It would be some other terminology, right? But they know in certain demographics that the whitening label is going to sell, which is why they would use this um, specific terminology. What's the difference between skin lightening and skin bleaching?
1: Yes, so essentially skin lightening tends to, you think of it as a more gradual and then the effect is not obvious. Whereas, you know, whitening or bleaching, you're actually really going in and you're using products to lighten dark areas of the skin to achieve an overall lighter complexion. You're really, instead of, you know, you're bleaching as you're trying to remove pigment. And lightening is more, I think, in the United States, the word lightening is used a lot more than bleaching and whitening. Bleaching sounds pretty harsh. What is bleaching? How does it work? Yes. So essentially, you know, within our skin, we have, you know, we're born with a certain genetic predisposition to creating pigment and that pigment is called melanin. And so the darker your skin, the more melanin you have in your skin intrinsically. And so bleaching is essentially trying to decrease the activity of the melanocytes, which are the cells that create pigment. We're trying to reduce the activity of these cells so that there will be less pigment produced. And then at the extreme uh, kind of level of bleaching, there are products out there that can be used under a doctor's care where you're actually causing death to these you know, pigment cells, the melanocytes, and it can be a permanent bleaching of the skin.
0: I see. And would this be used for someone that just wanted to lighten their skin, or is it typically more used if someone has a pigment disorder such
1: as vitiligo? So that's a great question. So this is, I think the whole concept of bleaching and whitening is truly a personal choice. You know, there's really no health benefits to skin bleaching. It's really, you know, a purely a cosmetic, a cultural, psychological type of, I guess, treatment. And absolutely, in patients with vitiligo, which is an autoimmune disorder that results in the loss of pigmentation, depigmentation, where you're really removing and really, you know, destroying the pigment cells permanently, well, it's really indicated for those that have a, over fifty percent of their skin affected with vitiligo, where you know the the cosmetic appearance is just so unacceptable that it really creates a lot of psychological issues for the patient. So then, too hard to cover with makeup. It's too extensive as far as the surface area of the body. So then, the decision is made between you know with the patient and the doctor that depigmentation will be done, and usually this is definitely a Permanent process,
0: and how is it actually done? Like you mentioned that it actually destroys the melanocytes. What's the procedure or process look like?
1: Yeah, so the product—it's a topical product. It's monobenzone, or you know, the trade name here is called Beniquin, and it comes in different dosage, and it's applied on the skin essentially. And most areas usually will require one, but sometimes it has to be done in a series. And then you just wait and, you know, and really the the melanin will not be produced. The pigment won't be produced because the melanocytes are dead. And so there are potential problems that can be created by this, which means patients have to understand once they're depigmented that they will have an increased risk for skin cancers, accelerated skin aging. They have to really protect themselves from sun exposure because the melanin acts as a way to naturally protect our skin cells from UV damage. And so if you don't have it, you really don't have that layer of protection. And is there downtime to the procedure? Not usually, but you know, it really depends on the patient and how they're doing it and But it's really applied on the skin, and usually sometimes depends on the doctor how they want to do it. They may want to do it in stages and certain areas of the body is done, but eventually the effect is that there's just no pigment on the skin.
0: Yeah, right. So interesting. And in regards to this actual procedure, are we seeing it much in the Western world, skin bleaching, especially, I guess, what I'm referring to is. For someone that does not have something like vitiligo or is this more a treatment that we see in countries where skin bleaching and white skin is seen as superior?
1: Well, you know, I've only practiced dermatology in the United States. And so, you know, the standard of care that I was, you know, trained under is really the American standard of care. And so here in the United States, Benaquin, this cream to depigment the skin, it has to be uh, given by a doctor. It's a prescription. And so you can't just, you know, buy this anywhere. You can't legally get it through, you know, internet. And so this is really reserved For those with a severe vitiligo. However, I'm sure in other areas of the world, this is done really just to achieve that whiter skin or that purely white skin. Mm.
0: And I am, I must say, personally, I'm glad that it's not just easily available over the counter especially here in Australia. We've spoken about skin bleaching. What about skin lightening? What are some of the procedures? And maybe let's talk about them from like least invasive to most invasive, some of the ingredients
1: that are used and how they're done. Sure. I mean, you know, there. Obviously, in my practice, people want to try to achieve. You know, they want to come in and they want to help fade dark spots. You know, if they have uneven discoloration, hyperpigmentation from aging, they can have melasma, sunspots, acne scars that are discolored, and you know, they come in because it does really bother a lot of people you know it does affect their self-confidence and there are ways to even the skin tone create what we call skin brightening as opposed to skin bleaching and whitening where you still maintain your natural skin tone you're not bleaching your natural skin tone but you are are removing extra pigmentation. And so in our practice, we recommend a treatment, one of my favorite treatments, which is IV glutathione and vitamin C antioxidant treatments. And I actually created an oral supplement that has glutathione, vitamin C, polypodium leucotomos, other antioxidants, Essentially how it helps with discoloration is that you are providing extra protection for your cells from the UV damage. And so, you know, and also data showing that it can decrease the production of melanin. So there are a lot of skin discoloration problems that is progressive with more sun exposure, with certain, you know, hormonal kind of conditions. And so people want to not only treat the pigment discoloration that they have now, but they also want to prevent future pigmentation from occurring. And I find that this is a healthy way to do that. Glutathione has a lot of health benefits as well as vitamin C. And you get a nice dose of this and it's a very popular treatment in my clinic. We have administered over 7,000 doses of IV glutathione and vitamin C in my practice over the last few years. And this is something that I get done for myself. And again, it gives you this nice, what I'd say, brightening and glow and beautiful skin without really changing your natural skin tone. So you can be authentically you, but just kind of a more beautiful, glowing you.
0: Yeah, which is what we all want. Is this um, typically used with topical ingredients of the same type?
1: Yes, so there are definitely other treatments. So photofacial or intense pulse light treatments can target discoloration. Hydrofacial treatments that causes exfoliation like a microdermabrasion extraction. We also have a laser called tribeam, which is an NDAG laser that addresses pigmentation. You know, light chemical peels can cause exfoliation and lightening of the discoloration and overall skin brightening. And like you said, many topical products. I'm not a fan of hydroquinone. So the skin brightening uh, treatments that, topical treatments that I recommend, the products, uh, do not contain hydroquinone. It contains a lot of the non-hydroquinone, what we call tyrosinase inhibitors, which essentially blocks the production of melanin really interesting lots of derms
0: love hydroquinone over here in australia so i wonder if there's like a it's interesting to see how different countries will use different products and have a preference over some as well now injectable skin lightening i must admit i didn't realize that this was really a thing until i started looking into it what is this and is this something that's used in your practice or have you seen it used
1: so you're talking about IV. So what we do in the clinic, like I mentioned, is IV. So we find a vein and then we give, you know, glutathione and vitamin C in high doses. And these are antioxidants that are safe. And what it does, like I said, is it helps, you know, the end point is essentially decreasing the production of melanin and providing extra protection for your skin. And the end effect of that is that you do end up tanning less. And many patients find that their skin tone is lighter, but it's not a bleaching or a depigmentation effect. Uh, you still have your you know, your natural skin tone, but you're probably the fairest skin tone that you could be based on your genetics. Wow, so like the opposite of melanotans. Oh, uh, yeah, so, so essentially it's patients love it because what they find is that you know, maybe their skin complexion loses the dullness. You don't have the discoloration and even skin tone. That's a big complaint where there's blotchiness, some dark areas and then light areas. So, and the the nice effect of this is that it's a full body effect. So obviously if you're just applying a skin lightening product, you know, it's hard to apply that all over your body. And, you you know, usually people want skin brightening and you know, their entire body. And so even areas like their elbows, their knees, the underarms, groin area, those areas tend to brighten as well.
0: Wow. How fascinating. And some of the risks, you mentioned increased skin cancer and things. Is this also applicable to the IV that you've just mentioned that there might be an increase of skin cancer due to the melanocyte
1: activity not being as active? So the answer is no. Actually, they've done huge series looking at IV glutathione, because glutathione also has been used for treatment of neurological uh, diseases. It has a lot of health benefits, and it's really been safe. It's not going to increase your risk for skin cancer because you're not really killing your melanocytes. You're really protecting your cells, actually. And so, you know, obviously the people who come in, you know, we still tell them you want to use your sunscreen when you go out because you can still tan. Even when you're getting the IV glutathione and vitamin C treatments, you can still, if you go out in the sun, you can still tan. It's just, you may not tan as vigorously and as quickly as you normally would because your cells are getting less of the damage you normally would if it wasn't protected by the antioxidants.
0: Yeah, right. So what about do-it-yourself? We've talked about some of those clinical treatments that, of course, are prescribed and can be safe when under the guidance of a physician. Uh, But there's a myriad of different skin bleaching, skin lightening products out there on the market. Some might be from dodgy sources and others might be more traditional over-the-counter or from like a cosmetics type department store, etc.,
1: Yes. So, you know, you really have to look at different countries have different tolerance for what is allowed. What's scary, though, like you said, is obviously because we can buy things online and they can come from anywhere in the world. You have to be really careful. Actually, I saw this. I looked it up and in a 2014 study. A uh, study out of 549 skin lightening creams bought online and in stores, 12% contain mercury, and wow. 50% of the products came from U.S. stores. So there is a misconception that oh, you know, um, only products that come from outside the U.S. have mercury, but this study is showing that you know that there are still products coming from the U.S. and you have to worry about mercury. Mercury is a toxic agent, you know, that can be found and like in the study is, you know, can be found in skin lightening agents. And it's a toxic agent that can cause neurological kidney problems, psychological problems. And so you have to be careful about that. We talked about hydroquinones. There are, you can order products that have hydroquinones and in the united states for most parts of the united states hydroquinone you can't really buy it over the counter in europe hydroquinone's been banned because there are data that shows that it can cause potential problems for your skin cells and so you know that the safety of use of hydroquinone has been questioned especially if you're going to use it for a long time and you have to worry about, you know, if you're going to do it on your own and you're not being monitored and advised by a dermatologist, you can get pretty bad contact dermatitis where you're going to get a bad allergy. And then, that, and then when you heal, you actually will get worse pigmentation. There's also a condition called exogenous ochronosis. And for countries where hydroquinone is just like given out like candy, and people put it all over their bodies, you can get this, you know, blue-black pigmentation on your skin, and it's just caused by hydroquinone use. And then there are a lot of bleaching agents and products that contain topical steroids, corticosteroid, and it can create pretty bad acne. And so, so those are things to look out for, and that's why I really highly encourage people, if you're thinking about you know, addressing some discoloration on your skin, or if you want just safe overall skin brightening, consult your doctor. Yeah.
0: Good advice. Always, always consult your doctor, dermatologist, dermal clinician. Don't go about trying to treat some of these skin conditions on your own. Always. We will continue to repeat that till the end of days. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, but it's very tempting because all you do now is mean you Google, you know, skin lightening and all of these things come out, you know, and all these products are out there and just be careful because um, like I said, you can find, you don't really know what's in there and it's very hard for the FDA and the FTC even here in the United States to manage and police all of those products.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because unless they're completely banned, they can be added in small quantities in products as well. Now, you were talking about sunscreen, you know, the importance of sunscreen. But I also want to, I know there's been some studies that have suggested, well, sunscreen is super important, of course, that when it reacts with UV, it can cause free radicals, which I don't think we really address in, suns- in sunscreens, because we don't have typically antioxidants within the sunscreens and we are seeing more products now that do have this, but it just kind of caught my attention that you have these supplements that you're using. And is that as well as being able to offer support of that pigmentation and the melanocyte activity, is that something that you've also considered in the reason why you brought that in because of like some of those effects of sunscreen or completely unrelated. I'd just like to get your feedback on that. Yeah, you
1: know, the formation of free radicals is really the key to, you know, one of the key things that happen, that's the reason why our skin breaks down with UV exposure. And then of course, free radicals can go down the chain and then can cause DNA change and damage. And then potentially, you know, a cancerous, from cancer formation, studies have to be done more to really show what that, if that's like a direct cause of sunscreen or whether it's really just the UV, natural, essentially damage that it's doing to the skin, But um, I really just recommend the use of the physical blockers like zinc oxide and uh, titanium dioxide and antioxidants. This is why I love antioxidants, is that it really does help prevent formation of those free radicals, whether it is UV caused by the UV or is it caused by sunscreen or is it caused by pollution, environmental change. So whatever the cause of those free radicals, when you increase your antioxidant levels, whether you're applying it with your product, whether you're ingesting it in your you know, nutritious food, or you're taking it as a supplement, as a pill, or you're getting a shot of antioxidants, like we discussed with glutathione and vitamin C, you truly are protecting your cells from the negative effects of these free radicals.
0: Free radicals, like most of us in the modern world has heard about a free radical because they're always marketed, especially for skincare products, that it's uh, antioxidant that will help fight free radicals. But what exactly is a free radical? And how do antioxidants help this? Like it'd be great if you could kind of paint a picture in people's minds, because I think we know that free radicals are bad. We know that antioxidants are good, but what is actually happening on a cellular level?
1: Right. So essentially what happens is that you have, so oxygen's everywhere, right? And so when you have, say, UV. Uh, ultraviolet, there's like a certain wavelength and frequency that essentially disconnects an electron. And then you have that just floating around and then it can attach to something that it's not supposed to attach to or damage something that it's not supposed to damage. So it's not good. And so essentially that is what happens when you just allow your skin to be unprotected. Say, you know, you're tanning you're getting UV, you're in a tanning salon, that's what's being created in your skin. And so how does antioxidant work? So we're essentially antioxidant. So you're blocking the oxidation process essentially. And so that process where you're creating that extra, you know, electron, essentially you're gonna try to block that negative effect. So you're sort of shielding yourself, so that it's still being hit with the same assault of your your ultraviolet rays, but because it has an extra shield, it's not gonna create those free radicals as much. Yeah, I hope I explained that. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I think that's good just to give like a little bit of a deeper insight into in the way mm-hmm. that it works. So what do you see is like on the future of either, I guess, you know, in general, what we've been speaking about, skin bleaching, skin lightening, antioxidant usage. Do you see anything like, are you anticipating anything in the future or are you just seeing more of this usage of antioxidants to prevent pigment disorders and issues? Is there anything kind of that you're looking yeah, at and do- you're looking forward to?
1: I think that, you know, as dermatologists, we've always concentrated on obviously treating the skin itself, which means, you know, the treatments, like I mentioned on the skin, whether it's a laser or intense pulse light or peels or, you know, microdermabrasion or actually treating the skin itself. I think there's a huge movement now towards looking at beauty from within or protection from within, and this is really where IV treatments and supplementation and nutrition is really being talked about more now by dermatologists. I mean, there's an antioxidant called polypodium leucotomos extract, and I actually went on the Dr. Oz show about five years ago talking about this as one of the top anti-aging supplements, and I think, you know, The same thing, anti-aging and prevention of discoloration. These incredible antioxidants, you're essentially treating your skin or preventing damage from within. And I think that's going to just expand over the years.
0: Yeah, exciting, exciting times. Mm
1: -hmm. Well,
0: Dr. Tess, where can people find more about you and the work that you're doing? You're based in Southern California, U.S.
1: Yes, so I'm in San Diego and Beverly Hills. And they can go to my website at mbeautyclinic.com, mbeautyclinic.com. I'm also on social media, Instagram at Dr. Tess Mauricio and Facebook at Tess Mauricio.
0: Amazing. And a shout out to all of our U.S. listeners. I think there's, we've got about 14% of our listeners are over in the U.S. So we thought we'd bring someone from, you know, your side of the world to talk about this uh, really interesting topic And I just want to stress again, like how cool it is that you've done that psychology and that you've done the dermatology and what an exciting mix to be able to provide that for your clientele as well, especially in the case of skin whitening, skin bleaching.
1: Absolutely. I really think that, you know, the other thing that's going to be big in the future is I think that you know, over time, we're going to accept our authentic self better, you know? I really feel that the images are changing. Our concept for what is beautiful is changing. It's mm. becoming more, I guess, less propaganda and more real, you know? <laughs> so yeah. hopefully that also, that whole change also basically change patterns so that people are not putting themselves at risk to try to get whiter skin and really it's about self-acceptance obviously we want to be the best that we can be but we don't have to change our skin tone to do that yeah fantastic
0: point point. and i think that now that people are seeing through the instagram filters and seeing through the snapchat filters and there's a lot more awareness about the harm that this can actually do and because there was a time when people were taking in a photo on snapchat with a filter saying i want to look like this So I think we're starting to see through that, which is really nice and starting to see this shift underneath and and hopefully with a little bit of time and, you know, more education and the types of things that you're doing tests and what we're doing at Doom Health Co as well.
1: It's going to really hone that home that just enjoy the skin you're in. Absolutely. And and there's pros and cons both ways, you know? And yeah. so it, it's funny, like I said, because I've seen it from both sides and that when I'm in the States, you know, everybody loves the skin that I have. And, you know, and, and it's nice because you do have better protection from sun exposure. You do uh, have a slower rate of skin aging. You do have less risk for skin cancers. And so, like you said, enjoy the skin that you're in. You can make it as glowing and, you know, even skin tone and decrease kind of the aging of the skin. But I think we need to just start accepting our authentic selves as well.
0: Mm, Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us today, Dr. Tess, and talking all things skin bleaching and skin lightening. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you.
0: Wow, what an important conversation as both a dermatologist and woman of color. Dr. Tess was just the perfect professional for us to be able to speak about this really important topic. And I must admit, in Australia, uh, and certainly as a white woman, I haven't seen the detrimental effects of skin bleaching with my very own eyes, but it really is important for us to educate ourselves on just the damage that it's doing. The three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me were, number one, the damage of skin bleaching and skin whitening, not just physically on one's skin, but also psychologically. And this aesthetic standard of lighter is better and glowing skin. Uh, You know, we know that certain ingredients that are used in skin whitening and skin bleaching and is marketed as skin whitening and skin bleaching products in some countries is actually just changed the name for glowing, radiant skin, same ingredients, uh, in Western cultures where it is more of a, a white demographic. So, Uh, Just be aware of that, uh, the the marketing and also understand the the deep-rooted psychological effects and where this scientific racism, where these terms actually stem from. Number two, skin bleaching is still used in clinical practice in the cases of certain skin conditions such as widespread vitiligo, but the difference is, is that it is under the care of a physician, of course. The patient has had multiple consultations they know about the risks the implications and it is performed under the care of a physician as well so it is still performed it's not saying that all skin bleaching is completely wrong Um, there will be small candidates that it is uh, beneficial for uh, although they will need to ensure that they're protecting their skin from the sun etc but these are all uh, cared for with the dermatologist that they, that's under their care. Or so number three. This brings me actually to a term or a hashtag from SunSmart, and that was the own your tone. And it came about in two thousand eighteen, and this was really to. Encourage people to own their tone and not go out in the sun and suntan and sunburn and increase their risk of skin cancer. And when we're talking about skin bleaching in the sense of light is better, we also need to understand uh, why in australia or for those that are white they are wanting to go out in the sun and get a suntan, which we know is really detrimental to our health long term increases the risk of skin cancer so psychologically this idea needs to change for us to be able to own the tone that we have uh, and hopefully as we all educate ourselves these shifts will start to change with each new generation to a point that we will understand that our skin color should be embraced for that what it is uh, and that we aren't taking advantage of by marketing companies and really old, outdated ideas from back in the 18th to 19th century. So thank you so much for spending your Tuesday or whatever day you're listening uh, with us and learning more about Colorism, learning more about skin bleaching, learning more about skin whitening. We're going to be having a conversation over on our Facebook group about this exact uh, topic. So I encourage you, if you're not already a member, to join. I've put the link in the show notes and let's start having these conversations because it is important. If you've got questions, we can chat about it, Uh, we can have discussions, and together we can be more skin powered. Until next week, be skin-powered.